I've had a number of people say to me, like, why, why did you write this? Or why, why are you putting all of this personal information out for the world to read? And I'm, I'm like, you know what? I don't have anything to hide. Like if it, if my story can inspire or help someone in any way, shape or form, even if it's one person, to me, that is valuable. And like, I, I don't want to keep things hidden inside me. I just want to be authentic. I want to be who I am. I want to, and this is me. This is my story. Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dachis-Marmet. We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Hello, and welcome back to the Art of Living Well podcast. And welcome back because we've been off for the last two weeks. Marnie and I decided this year to take a two-week break. We usually take a one-week break every quarter, but we are both taking extended vacations with our families. And it's been really nice, I have to say. We're excited to be back. This is actually like the first day back for me to work after from the last two weeks. And we thought we would just chat really briefly before we dive into today's episode about our vacations, because actually at Marnie, we haven't even had a chance to regroup on this topic and I'm dying to hear about your trip. But first, a quick word from our sponsor, Good Health Saunas. I have had my Good Health Sauna for over a year now and you guys, I love it so much. From the moment of purchase to the delivery and setup, Good Health Sauna staff, they've been absolutely amazing. They've answered all my questions. They did a great job with the setup. And I have started this routine where I'm working out in the morning, I'm taking a sauna, I'm showering, I'm refreshed, and I feel great for the day. And I just feel relaxed during the day. I'm sleeping better at night. And I feel like I'm really adding to my overall health and happiness. And I'm also removing toxins from my body. And I feel amazing. Infrared saunas produce penetrating heat to help you sweat and heal your body from the inside. Sweating on a regular basis in your good health sauna can help you feel rejuvenated. There are so many health benefits of regular infrared sauna use that include detoxification, immune system support, muscle repair, chronic pain relief, relaxation, deeper sleep, and so much more. I've been using my sauna now regularly for the last several weeks and love how relaxed I feel, especially when I do it in the evening as part of my routine. It really helps me unwind from the day and improve my sleep. So why not bring the benefits and convenience of the sauna experience into your home with a commercial grade Good Health Sauna. Good Health Sauna has three stores, one at the Mall of America in Minnesota and two in Wisconsin, in Appleton and Waukesha, but they ship anywhere in the U.S. For more information on the various sizes and options and for your special offer for all of our listeners, head on over to their website, www.goodhealthsaunas with an S. Dot com and mention the Art of Living Well podcast. Well, thank you. Um, it's so nice to be back. Like Stephanie said, 
I loved the extended break and I feel rejuvenated and just excited and ready to jump back into work. And um, my family and I went to Portugal and I would say the trip was wonderful. The best part was just the five of us being together. We haven't had time together as a family like this, like just the five of us with no distractions in so long. And that was so special. We did a lot of fun things. We did a mix of city and hiking and water and castles and churches and just so many amazing things, small towns and it was amazing. It was it was a very fun and special trip. And yeah, I just feel very, very lucky that I got to go. And, have and what was time. the, yeah, what would you say like the one highlight? Obviously we can't get into all the details, but. I mean, I loved, first of all, there were not a lot of Americans in Portugal, which I was really surprised by. There were a lot of Australians and I don't know, people from Europe, all over Europe, but it was the people in Portugal are so kind. They were so nice and welcoming. And I mean, everybody we met was so nice. And I loved that. It's a beautiful country. The Portuguese people are like, we are not Spain. We are. We have a different language. We have uh-huh. different food, different culture. Um, a lot of people think Portugal and Spain, you know, same thing. Very different. I loved learning about their history And, you know, every time I travel somewhere, I love learning about the people and the food and the culture and seeing how other people live and just appreciating that and then appreciating coming home. What about Um, you? I'm dying to hear about your trip. I know. So we also were in Europe. We went to Greece and it was amazing for all the reasons that you said, like when you have three kids and they're older and my oldest is now headed to college. Just having this like family time for 10 days where, you know, my kids didn't even really have, they had their phones, but we didn't activate the data service just from a cost standpoint. So, you know, they weren't able to like be on social media or anything like that, um, unless they were in the hotel on Wi-Fi and same thing, experiencing new cultures. I would say we had very similar experience where very few Americans which was interesting. I think it was because we went to, we did a short stay in Athens, but then we picked two islands that are not your typical touristy islands for that reason. So we went to Naxos and Crete, which I was told are where the locals vacation. That's where they take their holidays. And one resort that we were in for three days, I think I heard an American speak once. And it was kind of cool. Like, so lots of Europeans and Australians and all that, right? But no other Americans which was cool. And the people were so friendly to the point that I was like, are you kidding me? Like so genuinely kind, like everyone from a driver to the wait staff, to the hotel, to someone that you met just, you know, walking around at a shop and just all the cultures and the food was completely insane. Like we ate so well. And one thing I will say is there's no, like everything there is farm to table. Like literally everything there, there's so, there's so many farms on the islands that everything it's pretty much made even like the animals are local, the cucumbers, like the cheese and the dairy is amazing. Like the Greek yogurt, everything tasted so much better. My kids noticed a difference in everything. Like the honey that was drizzled on the Greek yogurt, you know, that was given to us for dessert was like, it tastes better. So it's like amazing. It was amazing. And I will say one thing, just because this is interesting from our, you know, podcast topics, 
I tend to have like this runny nose all year round. And I always waffle between, is it the dairy? Is it like, what is driving it? And sometimes during the year, it's kind of worse than others. I didn't have it. Like I usually used to have to have like tissues with me wherever I go. I mean, literally I leave the house and I have to know that I have tissues and I barely need it. And one hotel like didn't have tissues. Like they're very much, much more environmentally friendly than we are overall in the U.S., um, which I thought was interesting. I'm like, there's some something in our environment, probably outside in the chemicals or whatever that's causing my issue. Could but be I did the weather have. too. Could be, but it's pretty hot in Minnesota right now. Yeah. I think you just need to move to Greece. I think so. Well, that's <laughs> that was my conclusion. Thank you for giving I mean, me permission. <laughs> there you have it. I, I, I did mention that to my kids a couple of times. So <laughs> yeah. Well, that's definitely anyway, on my bucket list. It sounds amazing. I'd love to. I highly there. recommend it. We already are talking about how to go back. Like literally we want to go back in a couple of years. That's how great it was. Wow. So yeah. Anyway, um, we want to dive in and talk about something that's really, I'm really excited to talk about. And we've been talking about this episode for a while. um, And Marnie has alluded to this previously, but her book is officially out. It's available on pre-order. Pre-order. If get on YouTube, YouTube, here's the copy, here's the front. And and so we're finally able to dive in and talk about the book. And I was able to read it all electronically. I had a nice long plane ride home and I poured through it. Like I barely even stopped. It's a great read. It's very relatable to a lot of people because she's going to talk about her journey and we'll dive into that today. And it was emotional too. I mean, I needed tissues and I didn't have them. And I was like, oh, I'm like tearing up reading certain parts of it. So as much as I knew about certain, you know, topics that were in the book, I learned a ton about you, Marnie. And I know our listeners are going to want to pick up a copy of this and we'll link all that up in the show notes. So let's just dive right in. But I guess before we do that, where I'm going to ask you a question that we like to ask all of our guests. And that is, what is your one non-negotiable to start each day? Okay. Well, first of all, thank you for that lovely introduction um, to the book. And for a non-negotiable, I guess for me, it's waking up early, taking some time to myself, whether it's having some sort of movement, meditation, a walk outside, just taking time where the rest of my family is not with me, and then having my smoothie. Those are like my non-negotiables every day. And I've start, it used to just be like Monday through Friday, I would take that time. But now I take it on the weekends too, because I just love that time. Even if it's 30 minutes in the morning, I, I love the time to myself to start the day. I agree. And I don't know about you, but that's one thing that's sometimes hard to do on a family vacation. <laughs> yes. On a family vacation, it, in all honesty, did not happen. Yeah. Period. Yeah. But on a day-to-day basis at home, it does. Right. And I just want our listeners to know that because I'm with you yeah. on that. And I, I'm like, how is it that I'm on vacation and I'm not able to do some of these things that I really like to do? And it, yeah. it is, it's just hard, but you have other, you know, other things that are filling you up during that time. So it's all good. Right. Well, let's dive right in. And I thought we could start this conversation by just talking about the process of your book. So I remember when we met, and this is talked about in the book during Yasna's Mastermind, that you were actually writing a book about women with breast cancer. And you were interviewing a bunch of different women and you were going to have this like holistic little guide to really help support people going through this journey. And somewhere in the last few years, you pivoted. So maybe talk a little bit about that and just why you decided to write this memoir. And by the way, it's the name of the book is Unleashed, 
or my, my song, song, my song unleashed. unleashed. Sorry. Yeah. So basically, you know, my mom had breast cancer a few years ago and she was struggling and getting a lot of information from doctors and, you know, people would reach out to her. And a lot of times they would, the information that she received was negative and there wasn't, there weren't a lot of positive stories coming her way. And in addition to that, she was getting information from her doctor, like eat whatever you want. If you want to have bagels and donuts and whatever, what you eat does not matter. And simultaneously, I had just finished doing a bunch of my training where I had learned, you know, very different information and that, you know, what you put in your body actually matters tremendously. So I was really frustrated by those two things. And it had always been a lifelong dream of mine to write a book. I never knew what I was going to write about, but really from the time I was a little girl, I wanted to write a book. So I was like, okay, well, here's my opportunity. I am going to find, it wasn't just breast cancer women. It was any woman who had survived or was thriving with cancer. And I set out to interview them. So I met with 30 women who I found from all over the country. I've like put information out there, people I knew, people I didn't know. And it wasn't hard for me to find people. And I met with 30 women. I interviewed them. I documented their stories. And I started putting together a book on some like tips that a person going through cancer could do outside of the traditional realm, like kind of simultaneously, meaning around diet and exercise and some other things. And what ended up happening is my mom thankfully went into remission and I was burnt out on cancer, just being around cancer, talking about cancer. And I was like, I can't do this right now. I need a break. I need a mental break. So I'm going to just shelf this for right now. And so that's, that's how that happened. Do you want me to continue? <laughs> yeah, no, continue. So then how did so, you pivot to writing a book about Yeah, your life? so. So then what ended up happening is in, I think it was in 2019, I was like, I, I really want to get into writing classes because I'm not writing as much as I'd like to be. And a, a course tends to help me write. So I signed up for a course locally, took it for like a quarter, and I really enjoyed it a lot. But there were some people that I knew in the course, and I I really wanted to like expand and go outside of Minneapolis and not be in a course with people I knew because I was writing that a lot of the prompts were really personal. And I just was like, I, I want to do something different than what's happening in Minneapolis. So I asked the instructor if she had any recommendations. She referred me to the Center for Nonfiction, which is a national organization. I signed up for a class with them and it was a memoir writing class. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to take the class and see what happens. And I took the class four times in the course of a year. And basically my entire memoir came out in that year. So that's how I got started. I did not go into the class planning to write a memoir. I just went into the class planning to write. And after the first time I took it, I was like, I really like this course. I really like this instructor. I'm going to do it again. And then that happened four times. I was like, and it was different people that were in the course. Like nobody was in the course with me four times. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I didn't so, realize that you took it four times. I was, yes. Oh. I took it four times and I thought about taking it a fifth time. But then instead, what I did is I hired a developmental editor 
Shout out to Kate Hopper. She's local in Minneapolis. She was amazing to work with. And I worked with her for another year on developmentally editing what I had written in the course. And basically what that means is that she looks at the work that I've done and helps me like piece it together so that it makes sense. And she'll say, well, can you, can you dive into this more and tell me, you know, I need more details on this, or I don't really want to know about this. So let's cut this. So she was very instrumental in helping me, helping me get the book to make sense. And then from there, I'm just curious, because I know there's a lot of people out there listening that are probably, you know, thinking maybe they want to write a book someday. What what was the process like then after that point to get the book to actually, you know, be published and available? So it, w- it was a lot longer than I anticipated, in all honesty. I thought like, okay, I have my manuscript. Let's get it published. And um, it wasn't it wasn't that simple. So I had to find a publisher and I had to decide, you know, do I want to hire an agent and go the traditional route? Do I want to self-publish or do I want to do something in the middle, which is like hybrid publishing or independent publishing? And so I did a lot of research on that. I talked to a bunch of different people and companies and whatever, and I landed on Publish Her, which is a locally owned publishing company. They're newer in Minneapolis. They've been around a couple of years now. And they are independent publishers. So I'm happy to talk to people more about what that means off the air, but it's been a great experience. And I would say it's it'll be probably nine months in total by the time I, from the time I started working with the publisher to the time of my book launch party. Okay. So what was the whole process, like the timeline when you started writing, like when you started taking these memoir classes to now? It'll be three years by the three time years. I have my book launch party, a little shy of three years. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Which is a long, you know, that's a long process. I mean, I just remember like all of your, you know, your, the writing days, like the, I've heard a little bit about this over the last three years, but just to finally be there. Like, how does that feel to finally have this book in your hands? You know, you have the one copy that's available at the moment. Um, Um, It it feels amazing. I, you know, it's like, you think when you have the book in your hands that, okay, I'm there, I'm done. But really then there's the marketing and the PR and the promotion. And what do you want to do with it now? And there's like so much to think about, but it, it feels really good. Like I, not going to lie. I was very nervous about, you know, having the book in my hands and like having people read it. I've had a number of people as pre-readers read it now, and it's really fun to get the feedback, but it's also a little scary. Yeah. Well, you put a lot out there and we're going to dive into that a little bit more. And also it happens to be your year of 50, you know, your 50th birthday. Uh So I think, you know, a lot of this is just very well-timed and not that you could have planned it because you probably wanted this to be out there, you know, a year or two ago when you were going through the process. But I think the whole culmination of your journey and the process to write the book and how you pivoted, it's like perfectly timed with being, you know, hitting another decade, right? Yeah. It has a way of working itself out. Yes. So there's lots of topics and we're not going to be able to, you know, dive into all of them today, but just throwing this out there. So our listeners kind of have a sneak preview before they read the book, you know, you talk about one of the very first things you talk about is uh, your dad's addiction to drugs and alcohol and what that was like. And 
you know, your relationship with your brother and the death of your nephew. And, you know, there's lots of travel weaved in. And then of course it's like relationships that you had, you know, this toxic friendship that you had that really um, impacted you a lot and your yoga journey, which, you know, we've talked a lot about yoga on this podcast, but like your own personal journey and how that really helped you go inward. And then obviously pivoting from, you know, pivoting into health coaching and all, all that good stuff. But I think the other thing that was interesting too, is this like entrepreneurial spirit that you've had that really started with your dad and maybe even before that too, how that was woven in there. Because even just hearing about like your first job, which I never knew all the details of that, you know, I that was just really cool. So there's just a lot of, I think, inspiration out there for people too. Well, let's dive into that, you know, but kind of like look inward a bit. So the one thing that I was surprised by, I didn't realize that you wrote in your senior, you, you delivered your senior speech in high school about your dad and putting all that very vulnerable information out there as a teenager, you know, as a 17 or 18 year old to share that. I mean, how, what was that experience like for you? Cause I'm just thinking about like my own kids and like sharing something so personal and raw and real in front of your entire class. That takes a lot for, for an 18 year old. And now a quick shout out to our sponsor, Organifi. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offers plant-based nutrition made with high quality ingredients. Each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers and contain less than three grams of sugar per serving. I discovered Organifi about three years ago and fell in love with the gold chocolate blend, which I enjoy in the evenings. I love that it contains ashwagandha, which reduces stress and supports a healthy cortisol level. And it really gives me that fix when I want something chocolatey or sweet in the evening. And it's perfect and nice and calming before bed. And I'm really enjoying the Organifi green juice, which has a ton of superfoods in it. And it's so much easier than juicing. And it's also great if you struggle to get your greens in. Each Organifi blend is easy to use by simply mixing it with water. It's great on the go and there's no compromise in quality for taste. Organifi takes great pride in offering the best tasting superfood products on the market at a price less than $3 a day. You can experience Organifi's high quality superfoods too by heading over to Organifi.com slash livingwell. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash livingwell and use our code livingwell for 20% off your entire order. Yeah, I would say it was it was really challenging. I was terrified to get up there in front of the school and do it, but it was like something inside of me was pulling me to do it. Like I had to do it. And I think it was because I was carrying around this secret inside me pretty much through three years of high school for so long that it was like, it had to come out. It had to come out. And I was also, you know, when you, when you read my story in the book, I, I went to meetings with my parents for a long time after my dad went through treatment. So I would go to Al-Anon meetings every week with my mom. And I learned so much about communication and about, you know, not holding things inside as a teenager that I think my body was just like wanting me to release this information. And as it, for some reason with me, like when I start writing, that's how things come out. 
So I think I don't even remember exactly how I decided to do my senior speech on this, but I suspect I was in the class and, you know, we were given prompts and it came out. Well, it's just so brave of you. And like you said, the fear of, you know, getting up there in front of everyone and delivering this story. And like, what would people think? Because that's, I mean, in high school, that's all you care about. It's like all what people think. But right. clearly, and you talk about like going with your gut and your intuition later on in the book, but clearly your intuition was already talking to you, you know, that inner voice at a very young age before you even knew what it was and, mm-hmm. and pushing you to to deliver that speech. And I mean, how has it helped you? How has it helped other people too, because clearly it had an impact on others that listened to that speech that day. I mean, I don't know how it's had an impact on other people, but I feel like for me, just in terms of going through that whole experience with my family, it's really laid a really positive and solid framework on how I live my life around drugs and alcohol and how I teach my children about it. And even talk to my friends about it. So even though obviously I wouldn't wish this experience on anybody, I think that there were a lot of positives that came out of it for my entire family. Yeah. And and speaking of your family, you know, how has your relationship like with your mom and your dad changed as a result of you writing this book? Because there's some very personal stories like this one with your dad and the fact that like, that's all out there and you're, fairly open with it, but not to that level of specificity that you got into in the book. And even your brother, like, how has that changed since writing the book? And I'm curious if they read parts of it before you published it, the parts that related to them. So as of the time of this recording, my brother has not read the book. So our relationship has not changed in any way, shape or form because of the book. Um, My parents did not want to see any of the stuff that I wrote about them before the book. And my mom just finished the book yesterday. My dad is now reading it. And she, I'm, they're really proud in all honesty. And they, they've said nothing but nice things. I think they're okay with me putting stuff out there. And it's been a really positive experience. And I was, I was pretty nervous about it. I knew that my dad would be okay with me sharing about his treatment because that was so long ago and he's been sober for all these years and he's super open. I mean, he, both of my parents are, are pretty open people and talk about things all the time. So yeah, I guess, you know, I was a little more worried about how my mom would respond to talking about her cancer and some other things in the book, but it's been really positive. Well, that's great. Cause I know, I mean, you talk a little bit about codependency with her too, which is, mm-hmm. you know, that that's personal. So I guess one question that I just had was, and I didn't know this until I read the book, but I didn't realize that your dad has not had a single relapse since he first went through that treatment. What was it? 30 years ago. Yeah. I mean, that is truly remarkable. I I mean, you just hear about people that are going through it all the time because, and, and it's common. It's like, you shouldn't be ashamed of having a relapse, right? That's part of the process in your journey. But the fact that, you know, you guys had this intervention for him and he resisted it, of course, at first, but ultimately went through it and then did his 30 day treatment and, you know, hasn't, you know, slipped back at all to something to be proud of. There was a lot of hard work. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. I'm sure. Super proud of him. 
And just you think about it, like your parents have been married for over 50 years now. You talked about how you celebrated their 50th anniversary, which I think was what, five, six, seven years ago now. In 2015. Um, Yeah. 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 So just their journey and like that relationship that you've been part of and witnessed, there's a lot, you know, marriage isn't easy. Right. And so to have gone through all those challenges and then, you know, the death of your brother's son and, you know, very tragic. I mean, those are big, big moments that can make or break a relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. So speaking of relationships, let's maybe chat a little bit about the chapter in your book about friendships and this mm-hmm. experience and how that, you know, as an adult, you know, we talk a lot of bit about some of those, some of those challenges that we had as teenagers with gir- girls, especially in the drama involved, but you experienced this you know, after having three kids, you know, well into your um, adult life, anything you want to share for our listeners about that and how that experience, you know, sort of helped you or enlightened you a little bit on your journey? Well, I'm not going to talk about the experience because I want you all to read the book, but I will say that I had kind of like a mean girl experience on a trip unexpectedly. And it really ended up being a positive in my life because it sent me on a journey to really look inward on why why am I hanging out with people that treat me a certain way or that I don't feel good around? And I I really had to dive into myself and examine the why. Like, why, why am I trying to A, be someone that I'm not, B, hang around people that don't give a rat's ass about me, and C, like you know, kind of almost have my tail between my legs. And I didn't like who I was with these people. And I also like was really feeling shitty about myself. And I I ended up going into therapy and it helped me so much, like, you know, d- declutter some toxic people out of my life. And I've been, I feel like since that period of time, I've been very thoughtful about who I want to let into my life. And if there are people that I don't feel good around, I really try not to be around them. Yeah, which is such an invaluable and important lesson. And, you know, it's always unfortunate when you're going through it, but it sounds like it was, you know, the silver lining is that you got rid of those people that were bringing you down and that you you, you recognize that you didn't like yourself when you were around them. And so, you know, I think we can... We can do that at any age. I think that's kind of the point here, you know, to encourage people out there when there's people that are draining our energy that aren't lifting you up and filling your cup. We don't, we don't have to be friends with them. Right. And really appreciating the, the people that do you lift you up and the people that are there for you. And, you know, there are so many wonderful friendships that I do have in my life and focusing on those. Those are the friendships I want to focus on and all the wonderful new people that I'm just getting to know that, you know, I, I feel a connection with or a vibe with, like, those are the people that I want to focus on. Right. And I think sometimes, and this can apply to family as well, you know, Mm -hmm. just because someone's been your friend since childhood, or just because they are a family member, doesn't mean that you need to spend a significant amount of time with them if it's not a relationship you want to, you know, continue at that level or they're not bringing you joy. And like you said, it's, it's never too late to make new friends either. So right. um, I thought that was a great chapter that a lot of people can really relate to. 
And of course, there's a lot, you know, your travel experiences in there. And I knew you lived abroad because we had talked about that a long time ago with Jordan when he was going um, through medical school. But I didn't know some of the details, you know, like (laughs) just the environment that you lived in and the fact that you brought your dog and that whole experience. I mean, that like what a and then that she, you know, oh, I won't give too much away, but in the cockroach (laughs) I'll just leave it at that for our listeners to read the book. But that was super interesting. Um, And your relationship with Jordan during that time and like what you were going through and your frustrations. I think a lot of women can relate to that. Even if they didn't have that exact same experience, I think I could personally relate to it when I was reading that. So that was a really wonderful chapter that I I really enjoyed reading. Well, thank you. And I'll just say like, you know, there was a lot of loneliness in that chapter too. And I don't know if that, I th- hope that came through, but like, yeah, I hope that there are a lot of themes in the book that the, that many women can relate to, especially in our generation, but many generations. And even just, you know, what I, what I gave up to follow Jordan and, you know, follow his dream. Right. You, what you gave up and then what you gained like mm-hmm. these women that you met and these classes, the, the things that you ultimately ended up doing after that really hard, hard, lonely period and just transitioned to being, you you weren't, you weren't living in London, you know, like you were living in a much more challenging country. So, um, and it ended up being an amazing experience like yes. that I treasure. So, right, right. Well, it's always, it's those, those parts of us that we don't like, whether it's like the physical part or that part of your journey, your experience that are not fun, that are challenging, but ultimately that's what like makes us who we are. And there's mm-hmm. always, always silver linings that come out of even the most challenging, you know, awful situation. Right. Which is um, hard to see when you're in it. Right. Yes. Because you think it's the worst thing ever. And then and it is, you know, it, it can when be. you're in it, it is. And then you yes. look back and I mean, obviously there are some situations that are just the worst thing ever and right. there's no you, silver lining, but no. there are many where you can get a silver lining out of it. Exactly. And I think one of the big things too, of the book is like talking about your imperfections and just like that focus on the physical that you had for many, many years. And I think partially that's a generational thing too, like we talked about, and how you started looking inward and what kind of that process looked like. And I know you know you, you talked about, I'm just going to bring this up because I think it's sort of funny, sort of, but the whole ear situation, and Marnie and I have had this conversation before, I won't give too much away, but I can relate to our, we have different ears, but like, I've also had a thing about my ears and not liking them and being very self-conscious. And she talks in a book about her and her one daughter's ears. And like, I've had a similar situation with my daughter's ears. So and not liking our ears. And it, it's funny that we can like laugh about it now, but like a period of time, I would have been not laughing about it, you know? So just how, as we age, we sort of are able to look inward, focus on what's really important and not care so much about the physical. I think that's like a really important theme of the book. Yes. Yep. And I think that um, also for me, I'm going to show you all my ears if you're on YouTube, yeah. but they they stick out. And I was told that my entire life that I have, you know, ears that stick out and, oh no, you got the blah, blah, blah ears, whatever it is. And so I was always, and still frankly do feel self-conscious about my ears to the point where like, I considered like, oh, should I get them pinned back or do something about it? And then at the end of the day, I'm like, you know what? This is me. This is who I am. I'm going to be happy with myself. And my daughter 
was born with some characteristics of my ears and all I can see is beauty in her and I love them and I love seeing her. I think she's beautiful and I love seeing her and her beauty. And at the end of the day, beauty radiates from within, right? So like, it doesn't really matter what our ears look like um, or any other parts of our bodies, <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad that that was relatable. It's, it, it's almost silly, but it's, it's like <laughs> there, we all have things about ourselves that we don't like. Right. So I felt like I wanted to share something that maybe somebody would have no idea that I have this thing about my ears. <laughs> well, that's the thing, because we we look at others and we think, oh, they're they have everything put together, whether it's physical or their career or w- whatever, you know, like mm-hmm. and we do judge a little bit for better or worse. And so it's nice when you learn these things about people because you're like, oh, I have that may not be my ears, but it could be whatever my thumb. I don't like my fat finger or whatever it is. You know, we all have these things. And I, you know, I was thinking as I was reading the book, I was like, I, and I told my daughter this, I said, I'm going to have you read it when I get my actual hard copy, because I think it's a really inspiring story, Marnie, for young girls or teens to read and young adults before, because they haven't gone through their full journey yet. You know, you're 50, they're, you know, teenagers. And we all sort of think like, oh gosh, every situation is like the worst or when something, you know, negative happens, whether it's with mean girls at school or what have you, but you tell such a beautiful story. And I think that there's a lot of just, you know, inspiration in there and, you know, feel good at the end of the day, you should feel good about yourself. So, and I also think like when we were growing up, we didn't have stories like this to read. We didn't have memoirs out there. People weren't as vulnerable and sharing and you know, we had books, but they were just like, you know, more famous authors, right? You didn't have the, we didn't have the ability for just you and myself and, you know, sort of the, the average person, if you will, just to write and publish their own book and uh, it wasn't a thing. So I think that putting this book out there is really gonna help a lot of people too. Well, thank you. You know, had a number of people say to me, like, why, why did you write this or why, are you putting all of this personal information out for the world to read? And I'm like, you know what? I don't have anything to hide. Like if it, if my story can inspire or help someone in any way, shape or form, even if it's one person to me, that is valuable. And like, I, I don't want to keep things hidden inside me. I just want to be authentic. I want to be who I am. I want to And this is me. This is my story. This is not my entire story. This is a piece of my story. And I just had a calling to do it. (laughs) Yeah, which is great. So as we start to wrap up this conversation, if there was some advice or one piece of advice that you'd give to our listeners who are listening to this conversation today and can relate to your journey or parts of it, but they're still struggling to find their voice. You know, they're not maybe quite where you're at on your journey and not that you're finished with yours either. But what advice would you give to them? I think that for me, like things scare me all the time and I forced myself to do them. Like stepping into that fear, even if you don't want to. And I I always say to myself, like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Like, what is the worst thing that can happen? you embarrass yourself, you make a mistake. Like, are those things that terrible? So I think stepping into the fear is huge. I think tuning into your 
gut, your mind, your body, your soul, like really asking yourself, like, what do I want? What do I need? And trying to really tune out the exterior noise that's coming at you from everywhere, because it is. And then I would say, just write, 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 write it all down, like write down everything you can write down. You can always filter out the junk (laughs) and there's going to be a lot of junk. Yep. That's great. All those are great, great pieces of advice. So where can our listeners get a copy of your book, you know, um, so, order the book. And then also you have a launch party coming up. I know it's in Minneapolis, but for those of you guys listening that are local, we want to make sure you have that date. So you can order the book. I will, we will link it up in the show notes. There's pre-orders happening right now until August 8th. And then after August 8th, you can order it on my website, which is zenfullifecoaching.com or on amazon.com. And before August 8th, there's one, there's one link. The launch party is happening on August 8th at 6 p.m. at Modern Well. If anybody wants to come, the link would be in the show notes and love to have you. And yeah, the book is called My Song Unleashed. Uh, well, thank you so much. This was really fun. I mean, we've been talking about doing this interview for so long. And I'm glad it, the day is finally here. Me too. Wow. I'm very excited. So thank yes. you. Well, you should be. Big, big congrats. Thank you so um, much. Yeah. All right, everyone. No other real announcements, except that stay tuned for a couple in other in-person events that we're planning. Dates are in limbo right now, but as soon as we have those, we'll put them in our show notes and you'll hear more. But for those local, know that we will do another yoga outside yoga class like we have been the last couple of summers. And have and a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at theartofliving underscore well on Instagram and Facebook where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.